Welcome back, everyone, to the Peanut Gallery Podcast. It is episode nine. We are recording this right now while the Denver Broncos are playing the Tennessee Titans. Um, it is there's about 14 minutes left in the second quarter in that game. My boy Drew Locke already has a touchdown pass. The Broncos are winning 7-0. And the touchdown pass actually was to your boy, Jared Nofant. Called um, it. So some early solid predictions already by the by the peanut gallery in this game at least. Yeah, um, early on in the earlier episodes of our podcast, I mentioned Noah Font might be a tight end to look for in the draft. So hopefully some of you out there got him, snagged him up, and are reaping those rewards. There we go. So we'll talk about that game last as uh, it continues here while uh, while we record. But first, we're gonna start by analyzing all the games that happened over the weekend, and obviously the Thursday night game where the Chiefs beat the Texans, and then we'll talk a little bit of fantasy. And then recap our betting where, uh, you know, we had some good calls and then, you know, some unfortunate calls. So let's let's first start with Thursday, which feels like forever ago at this point, but wasn't. Jared, Chiefs beat the Texans. Um, I'm going to hit you with my, my takeaways overall and then get your thoughts. So the final score of the game, the Chiefs won 34 to 20. So if you bet the spread which was nine and a half. Uh, they covered, obviously. But really, this game was not that close. Um, the Chiefs were up 31-7 to seven with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, you know, the Chiefs took the uh, foot off the gas, and really those last two touchdowns by the Texans were, were garbage points for my standard. Chiefs overall looked amazing, picked up right where they left off from winning the Super Bowl. No plans of slowing down. And another wrinkle that made them look even better was the rookie running back who I called being a top five fantasy running back and running back this season. Clyde Edwards Alaire looked absolutely incredible. Um, had over a hundred rushing yards, a touchdown and which was much needed uh, for the chiefs offense as Pat Mahomes and the passing attack pretty much carried the team. Um, even though in the Super Bowl, you know, Damian Williams did well, but for the most of the season, it was really just the passing attack. From the Texans' point of view, you know, outside of that first drive where they scored and went up 7-0, they just looked completely out of sync. Um, Might have been due to the fact that they traded away, you know, D. Hopkins, who was on Arizona, and Kyler Murray was a happy man because of that. But overall, that just felt weird to me. You know, I wasn't expecting the Chiefs to dominate this badly against the Texans. Um, And then another thing as well, you know, overall, and you'll see a theme throughout most of these games, the Chiefs won the turnover battle. If you win the turnover battle, the probability of you winning the game is at least 70 to 80%. So all those were good things. The defense looked great, Jared. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I think uh, the Texans took the lead in the first quarter. It was 7-0, to zero, and we knew from the playoff game last year when they were up 24 there is really no number you can be up on these Chiefs uh, where you can count them out. And second quarter, Chiefs put up 17, Texans had zero, and after that it was game over, right? It was pretty much the Kansas City's game. I predicted that game to be 35-24 Chiefs win. It was 34-20. to So pretty solid prediction if I ask myself. And um, I just think – at the beginning of the season, we were talking about some teams to watch out for, like the Saints, the um, Lamar Jackson, and the Ravens. Um, you know, and after week one, we've definitely figured out what those teams are. And I just feel like the Chiefs are on this next level where now that they have a lair, it's how do you stop the run and the pass I, and the jet sweeps? And I, Andy I don't Scott. know how you do. It's it's you're gonna have to put up 30 points at least, and in order to do that, you're gonna have to take some risks on fourth down, which Bill O'Brien didn't do, probably because in that last playoff game when he tried to go for it on fourth, they fell short. So, I get why he didn't go for it in some of those instances. I would have liked to see him next time go for it. I think other teams when they're playing the Chiefs and you're in the midfield and it's fourth and three, you need to go for it. If you settle for a punt there. Mahomes is just going to tear you up on the down the field, no matter what yard line you put him on, he's going all the way back and then some. So it was, it was kind of a lackluster of a game. Um, but I just think we really saw the chiefs offensive potential and keep in mind, Andy Reed doesn't show all the plays right out of the gate. 
So he's definitely got some more tricks up the sleeve, his sleeve that we'll see throughout the season. And I definitely think we see that team in the postseason. Yep, completely agreed. The Texans, it doesn't get easier for them. You've mentioned it a couple of times. Their first four games are rough, so um, not a great starting point, and they're really going to have to rally um, these next three games. To, you know, They could easily be looking at 0-4 like you called out, but we'll see what they do. Let's go on to the Sunday slate of games that happened. Um, start off with what uh, we had the game in Kansas City. I'm not sure you had it. The Green Bay-Minnesota game was high scoring. The final score was 43-34 to 34 with Green Bay winning. Um, so they, you know, A, they were getting points. So if you took them getting points or money line, you won there. Um, another game very similar to the Chiefs, in my opinion, where wasn't as close as the final score entailed. Um, the Vikings were down 19 points entering the fourth quarter. And then after that, the Vikings and Packers just traded touchdowns. So the final score was as close as the Vikings got um, during the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers, he just really said, fuck you to everyone. Everyone who was doubting him, the Packers for drafting Jordan Love, who's going to be his replacement, you know, TBD on that timeline. He went out there 32 of 44, um, 360 yards, four touchdowns, a 93 QBR, basically almost perfect. And just really let people know, like, hey, yeah, I'm still really freaking good at this game. FY, in case you guys forgot. Vikings offense really didn't look good. Um, completely out of sync until that fourth quarter where, you know, you could argue a lot of their touchdowns were, were garbage, garbage time touchdowns. Um, and then Packers as well, they were plus one in the turnover battle. So, you know, two games in a row, team that won the turnover battle won the game. Jared, what did you see out of the Packers you liked? What did you see out of Minnesota that you didn't like? So, um, like you said, Aaron Rodgers came out guns blazing. And I think we kind of called that last uh, Thursday when we uh, did the preview of week one. However, we didn't give enough credit to Green Bay to win that game. And I really am kicking myself for that. Uh, I, I had Minnesota winning that one. So I am now one and one on the, the games of week one. Um, I would like to see Kirk Cousins do better. Um, I was kind of not impressed with his performance. There was a lot of garbage time points, like you mentioned. I think they had 10 points in the first half, and the rest of those 24 points came in the fourth quarter. So I'd like to see a little more out of Kirk Cousins. Um, I think they are utilizing Dalvin Cook the way they should be, um, but there's definitely some improvements, improvements on that offense. And then on the other side of the ball, the Vikings definitely need to improve on the defense. You can't have teams going up to 40-plus points and expect to win. Um, so that's I, – I think they got worries on both sides of the ball. However, they did play a really good underrated Packers team. So, you know, I, I think it's still early. Don't just make this one game count for what a team's going to do all season. Um, but they definitely have some improvements to make. Did you have uh, Minnesota winning that one? No, I took the Packers. So we're both one and one right now. Well, I took the Chiefs too. Oh, you took the Packers? Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So you're two and oh. I'm two and oh right now. Well, that's that's about the change. If you would like to uh, talk about the next game in line, the Seattle. Yeah, for both of us. We will swing and a miss there. Right. So Atlanta, they just did not show up for that game. Um, They had 12 points in the first half and then – the final score of the game was 38 to 25. Uh, and it just seemed like, you know, the, the offense wasn't all there. Matt Ryan had a pretty good game. He threw for 450 yards and two touchdowns. That's a good game for a quarterback. Um, but 25 points just seems a little low for those stats. And um, sure, you know, one guy I was really impressed with this week was Calvin Ridley. Um, for those of you who have him on fantasy, he had a great weekend and a lot of those yards that, that Ryan tallied went to Ridley. Julio Jones also did well. And he, he had Todd Gurley with a touchdown, but man, Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, we got an MVP candidate 
in the making with Russell and it was beautiful. They, they really came out and played well. I was wrong about that Seattle secondary being as weak as I thought they'd be in the first game. Sure. Matt Ryan did put up 450 yards, which is a lot on that secondary, but I really thought the Falcons were going to put up 35 some points. So, um, I had this, the uh, Falcons winning that game. I was wrong, obviously. I think the Seahawks caught a lot of us off guard. Um, and I think we're already seeing a playoff team. I think you could call them a playoff potential team after week one. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, we both swung and missed here. Um, Russ, I mean, Russell was fantastic. Early MVP, um, you know, leader right now for my standards. I I think if Seattle goes 13 and three and Russ keeps playing like this, unless Lamar or Pat do what they did the past two seasons, you're not going to be able to take the MVP away from Russell. Also because he's just been slighted so many times the past five to six years. He's uh, he's due for, for that award, but he was 31 of 35. Think about that. He had four incompletions over 300 yards, four TDs, just absolutely balled out. Um, they didn't really rush the ball, and I was fine with it. Just let Russell do his work back there. And then another thing here, you know, you're seeing Chiefs won the turnover battle, won the game. Packers won the turnover battle, won the game. Seattle, same thing. They were plus two in that category. Matt Ryan threw a pick, and then they had another fumble um, from another Falcons player. You just when you're playing a team as good as Seattle and as well coached. You can't be down 31 to 12 entering the fourth quarter, and you also can't be losing the turnover battle and expect to win. Right. So let's let's go to uh, next game here. We both got this one right. Um, New England beat Miami. The final score was 21 to 11. Um, so I was wrong on thinking that the Miami could cover. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a backdoor cover because Fitzpatrick played like a high school quarterback out there. Um, thanks a lot. Same story here. Pats won the turnover battle. They were plus two. Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions. So he was not good Fitzpatrick. He was not Fitzmagic. He was his normal Fitzpatrick self being terrible. Next week. Uh, next, yeah, week next, next, next week is he'll be Fitzmagic, right? He, he switches off every other week. Um, another key factor here, the Patriots own the time of possession. And I think you're going to see that a lot with this team based upon, um, we actually got that game up in Kansas. I kind of wish we wouldn't have just cause I think the Vegas here. Carolina <laughs> game, it was more, that game was a lot more enjoyable to watch. This was super boring. It was just the Patriots running the ball and then utilizing Cam Newton as a runner, which, which is smart because they do still have terrible weapons from a wide receiver standpoint. Um, but that's how they're going to win games. No mistakes, rushing the ball a lot, eating up time possession so that way the teams that have better offenses um, don't have the ball as much to try to run up the score. So, but they played well. I'll give credit to Cam. He played really well. 75 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, threw for you know a measly 150 yards, but he was efficient. He was 15 for 19. So they played well. They tailored the offense to Cam Newton's strengths, and they beat a Miami team at home like they should have. Jerry, right. what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, we don't need to spend too much time on it. I I had this as uh, my prediction at 17-13 to 13 New England winning, and it was 21-11, so I like to think I was pretty close on that. It was a defensive game. And once again, we see Bill Belichick, you know, we see his strategy still present after Tom Brady has left and Cam Newton has come in. They're going to run the ball, like you said, and keep possession, long drives, um, long minutes of holding on to that football. And they were just consistent. I mean, in the second, third, and fourth quarter, they were able to score a touchdown. And that, that was all they needed to get to that 21. So I am not really surprised. If you watch that game, it was boring to watch, in my opinion. Oh my! God. I got that game, and then I got the Washington football team's game, which we'll talk about here in a moment. But, yeah, it, it, I was more so watching the Eagles and Washington over that one. Um, Don't but blame you. Hey, props to Cam Newton. He did what he needed to to get that win. I don't think we've seen um, 
you know, I don't think we've seen Cam's full potential or what he used to be. Um, but it was enough to win the game, and that's what matters. And he, and like you said, he made no mistakes, so I'm not going to insult him. He, he, he did what he needed to. Yep, 100. percent Let's let's move on to. I mean, this was the biggest blowout. Um, wasn't even close. Baltimore, Cleveland. Baltimore won 38 to six. You know, picking up regular season wise, regular season wise, right where they left off, dominating the NFL. Um, won the turnover battle. Browns were horrific on third and fourth down. They went three for 12 on third and 0 for three on fourth. That's just not going to cut it against this team. And losing the turnover battle, not going to cut it. Lamar balled out 20 of 25, 275 passing yards, three TDs, sprinkle in 50 rushing yards. He was in MVP, MVP form week one. Um, I don't think Jared, neither of us are shocked by this. Um, I mean, I guess a little shocked that the Browns could only get six points, but we all knew they weren't going to be able to win this game. Yeah. I mean, Lamar was really impressive. Uh, and once again, I don't want to say like, we knew the Browns were going to lose this game. I didn't know by this much. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it's just week one. They had probably one of the toughest teams in the AFC to go up against. And I think the Browns will be better throughout the season. Um, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. I had this game being a lot closer at 35 to 26 with the Baltimore win. That was way off. <laughs> and I can't believe, yeah, how, how much uh, 38 to six is wild. That's a blowout. So yep. um, moving on though, we have the, Chicago Bears versus yeah. the Detroit Lions. You take this one because I'm still pissed. I'm still upset. Yeah, so the Lions should have won that game. And if it wasn't for an incredible fourth quarter by Mitch Trubisky, who no one saw coming, they didn't score a single touchdown until the fourth quarter. And when they got to the fourth quarter, Trubisky uh, decides to throw for three touchdowns. It's an, it was wild. Um, it's like where that because the, the, the Lions were up 23 to six until the fourth quarter. How do you blow that? And I mean, Stafford played a pretty decent game 300 yards, a touchdown. To, um, he did have quite a few incompletions, but it, you know, he didn't make any mistakes, he didn't throw an interception. Um, and and so that it really, it really blows my mind that a team can blow a 23 to six lead in the fourth quarter and lose 27 to 23. I had the lions winning that game. So here I'm wrong again. I'm currently two and three, Dan. I think you also had the lions. Yep. Never so again. Mark this down right now. I will never ever trust Matt Patricia in a lions team ever again. And not to mention Swift, the rookie running back from Georgia how do you drop that, dude? Literally dropped the game-winning touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. Matt Stafford threaded that rookie. baby like a needle. It was a beautiful. It was like watching Picasso paint that pass. And yet, nope. Classic Lions blew a 23-6 lead. In, or Yeah, 23-6 lead in the fourth quarter. 21 unanswered the, points by the Bears, and then the Lions come down. They're about to score. They have the game in their hands, literally, and Swift drops it. I was I, irate. I, I wanted to throw beer against the wall. That's how upset I was for multiple reasons. One, I wanted to be right. And two, I need that PAT so that way the bet, because um, I bet on them as well, to push. So that way I wouldn't lose money. Unbelievable. He put the fate of the game in rookie's hands in his first game in the NFL. And that's that's ballsy. That's really ballsy. But it should never have come to that. No, not It should at never, all. never have come to that moment. So I don't know if you can blame Swift for that mistake. Um, so, but move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jets and Buffalo. Yeah, Jets and Buffalo. This uh, another. This was a boring, this was boring game boring. of the week. Yeah, this was real boring. The Bills were great. Um, honestly, I know it was the Jets, right? So expected the win here. Um, 
technically they won this game 27 to 10, but then there was a touchdown scored with like 30 seconds left. Right. The, the bills were up 14 to zero in the first, and it was kind of just over after that point in the game. Yeah, no, we don't need to really spend too much time on here. Uh, Jets looked awful, not shocking. They're going to continue to probably look awful all season and Buffalo did what they had to do. Honestly, let's just go on to Washington Philly. Cause uh, I know you want to, you want to brag. So I'll, I'll give you the floor. Yeah, so on Thursday, Jared Davis, a.k.a. me, predicted the Washington football team to win 17-13. to 13. Well, they scored more than that, and they won. So, God, I should have put my money where my mouth is and put Washington money line on that game. It would have been beautiful. <laughs> that would have been a big ball bet. Big ball bet. But they, uh, they won 27-17. to 17. And, yeah, and I got a couple takeaways from that game because that was one that I got to watch pretty much all the way through. Um, Carson Wentz. The first half of that game, I thought the Eagles were going to win. It was 17-7 to seven at the end of the half. And the Eagles just kind of controlled the game. The, Red, uh, the Washington football team's offense couldn't get their, you know, gear in motion. They just weren't clicking. And – Carson Wentz I remember it was like third down and 22 he's on his own 30 yard line uh, and it's the second quarter and he just throws a beautiful bomb downfield for about you know 40 yards in the air and it was a uh, great catch and I want to say it was Jalen Rager who came yeah, down with the that rookie, the rookie from the TCU rookie. and it was just it was picturesque and when that happened I was like there's no way Washington's winning this game because they just converted on a third and 22. The Eagles did. And it's just one of those passes that you're, if you're rooting for Washington, your heart would sink, right? It's like, Oh God, we can't do anything to stop these guys. Not even chase young's do anything. Well, hold up. If you remember, I talked earlier on in this pod in these episodes that Carson Wentz is not a top quarterback in the NFL he's not a top 10 quarterback in the NFL because he has moments where he's flashy and he shines and he makes that pass to convert on third and 22 and then the rest of the game or maybe it's just the second half but for a majority of it you're gonna see a lackluster performance and in the second half how many points did the Eagles score zero zero And Chase Young and that defensive line from Washington was all over them. Um, He had a forced fumble, Chase Young did, in his first game. Unfortunately, the Eagles recovered it. But that goes to show you that Wentz, one of his downfalls is he holds on to the ball too long in the pocket, whatever. He's holding on to that football way too long, and he is a football uh, fumbling fanatic. Like, he is – prone to losing that ball in the pocket and I think we saw that on Sunday we'll see it again throughout the season the Eagles just lost to one of the worst I thought would be one of the worst teams in the NFL but I called that upset I'm very proud of that so Dan I'm now four and three you're four and three because you had the Eagles what was your take uh, honestly it was it was a rough day Everyone was giving me tr- giving me a hard time, obviously, deservedly so. I uh, I'm on the once bagging once once bandwagon, and guess what? I'm not getting off because of one game. But let's let's talk about why they lost. You touched on a few of the points, but let's really dive deep. Washington. Guess what they did? They won the turnover battle. What what did we talk about on this podcast? You know, last week. Where you know I was laughing at you for making this pick, but then I said they better win the turnover battle. They but need to win it to win this game, and they did. So cheers to Washington. Uh, they were plus three, and now something if you didn't know. So you know they've been keeping the stat, stats since 2005 for every game. If you win the turnover battle by three, your chances to win the game are 91.5 percent, aka almost impossible to lose. Like you have to just do some atrocities to lose the game if you win the tournament battle that badly. And they're all on once. And that's once's fault. And honestly, what I think happened was once one to the locker room, 
somehow, you know, from the movie Space Jam, where aliens came down and stole the talent of the NBA players like David Robinson and Charles Barkley, that must have happened the once. Because it was a completely different team and quarterback the second half. And it was god-awful. He threw two picks. He fumbled the ball. It was terrible. And he needs to take ownership and blame there. And, and you're right about the fact he holds on to the ball too long. He needs to fix that. I mean, it's, it's year four now. Come on, dude. Um, it's hard to uh, steal talent that was never there. Okay. So. All right. That we'll, was see, a low uh, blow. we'll see week two if he can <laughs> but, uh, somehow get that back. Another thing as well, um, Jason Peters, their starting left tackle, who was a constant pro bowler, did not play. Um, so obviously that was a factor. And Wentz was sacked eight times, which that's a combo. That's Wentz holding on to the ball too long, and Philly just – I mean, that's – you know, the O-line deserves credit there. Well, not really credit. Deserves blame there as well for letting Wentz get sacked eight times. So they need to fix that. That's They awful. also, though, have a Pro Bowl center. And is it Jason Kelsey? Play. Jason Kelsey did play. Yeah, well, yeah, he was the one who recovered the fumble the first time he lost the ball when uh, Chase Young knocked it out. Look, so, Philly, Philly played horrible. Cheers to you for being correct on, on getting this prediction, but I'm not. I'm just saying that the, who really uh, deserves credit. Like if I was to give somebody an A-plus from this game, it's Washington's D-line. Oh, yeah. Because they won the battle in the trenches, and it was apparent. And, and they made those interceptions happen by constantly putting pressure on Wentz. And, yes, yeah. the, the entirety of Washington's defense does deserve credit. That's true. Um, but I thought in that game I saw it start with the front four. Yeah. Honestly, Philly messed up by not going out in the second half and scoring a touchdown and then just punching them right back in the mouth. And that's on them. Cheers to Washington. Great week one win. Let's see what they can do from there. Um, let's go to the Vegas game. Las Vegas Raiders were playing at Carolina. The Las Vegas Raiders won. So cheers to uh, their first victory being called the Las Vegas Raiders. I wish I had this game instead of the New England game. Um, it was high scoring. There was, I, I went, look, there was a combined like four penalties. Neither team turned the ball over. The offenses were just rolling, which, you know, that there's obviously concerns that on the defensive side of the ball for both these teams as to barely getting any QB pressure or sacks. Um, all around was just a great game. Both teams played well offensively. Uh, both quarterbacks looked solid. I don't have anything bad to say. I, you know, Vegas was projected the win, and, and they went on the road and, and did their job, which is huge. You know, winning road football games, I know fans aren't there, but it's still hard. Jared, what did you think about this game? So I predicted that the Panthers were going to take that win. Or no, I'm sorry. I had the Raiders, 23 to 21. Yeah, you had the Raiders. I I, I predicted Carolina. The Carolina. Um, but my, I guess we'll get on to the betting later. I think the Panthers would have won that game if they could have held the Raiders under 30 points, um, because Christian McCaffrey did what I, I thought he would. I think what everyone thinks he would. 100 yards, two touchdowns, and Teddy Bridgewater really. Um, it, it wasn't like a, a stellar performance, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, he was 22 for 34, 270 yards in the air and a touchdown. Um, so I think that's what you'd want from a team that has a brand new quarterback and a brand new coach. So there's, there's this, don't count the Panthers out this year. I, I don't see them making the playoffs, but I don't see them being a, three or four win team. I, I, I see them getting up to that six to eight wins this season. Um, and, and I think I really wish I could have watched more of this game. Uh, unfortunately, I did only see all the highlights. Um, but I do think the Panthers are better than I give them credit for. Yeah, no, I would honestly agree. I, the fact that they put up 30 – in their first game with a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, and new head coach, that that's impressive. Very and impressive. I, I know it's the Raiders' defense, but still, like that's there's a lot of teams that uh, had you know new head coaches, new quarterbacks, um, and they did not do 
<laughs> that well. But let's go. So for uh, those keeping track at home, okay. I'm five and three. Dan's four and four. Because we were reverse on that game. Yep. I had Raiders. You had Panthers. Yep, we're Next both, up, we're who, both about to we take got? an. We're both about to take an L here. Um, think the entire world took an L here, much like the Washington game. Indianapolis. That was the last noon game. Played the Jacksonville Jaguars, who traded away all their assets to tank. Well, you know, there's still players on that team, and uh, they're going to go out there and win. And that's exactly what happened. Jacksonville Jaguars won 27 to 20. They won the turnover battle. They were plus two. And shocker, who these turnovers came from on the Colts side, Phillip Rivers picking up right where he left off, being so great at turning the ball over and throwing picks. So do you remember my take on Thursday when I said Rivers is going to be throwing bombs, but there's not going to be anyone there to intercept him? Yeah, I, I do remember that. He he threw bombs, but there was someone there to catch him. So I, you know, I, right there when I jinxed that, I think, uh, you know, Jaguars, man, a team that you think would be tanking that doesn't want the win. I mean, you look at Gardner Minshew and it's just like, that, guy, great. that guy wants to win. He had a great game. Played I think fantastic. he was probably one of the top, six quarterbacks in fantasy i'd say i gotta look i think he was like 19 for 20 three touchdowns and like i think it was just barely like 200 yards passing but to only have one incompletion and very impressive um another thing that stood out to me here the jaguars were out by 200 yards of offense and yet still won the game and they had the ball for four less minutes that's well, just I think that's what the Chargers don't miss is those two interceptions, like you mentioned earlier, the turnover battle is huge. And you can be, you can lose that 200 yards. Um, Cause you're saying that the Colts had 200 more yards of offense. Correct. So I don't know the turnover ratio offhand, but I know those two there interceptions. Was, they, the Jacks, plus two. Was, they were plus two. So yeah. Okay. Once plus again, two team that won the turnover battle won, won the game. game. Um, I, another thing for me though, like this game was still close. Why are you throwing the ball 46 times when you have one of the top five offensive lines in the league? I felt they should have pounded the run more to be honest, but Hey, you know, you live and you learn Colts will lick their loons wounds and, uh, go back to the drawing board for, uh, for week two and cheers to Jacksonville. You covered the spread and you won the game. Yeah cover the spread easily it was plus eight a little bit but now let's uh let's head into our sunday afternoon games and uh i'll let you take this take this one since i was wrong again tampa bay yeah tampa Tampa bay and the saints you can't the reason i said the saints were going to win this game is because they are just that you know experienced veteran team that didn't really lose anybody and you know they had a, a decent media uh, they, they just didn't have much of an offseason to make a huge impact either way I feel like and you know Kamara man he had a game uh, this game I did watch the entirety of and you could tell like there was some fresh energy from him and it might have been that well, he just, just got signed paid. a huge <laughs> contract um, but you know, it, it was really, really cool to see. Um, I had the Saints. I predicted the Saints to win 34-28. to 28. The final score of the game was 34-23. to 23. So, I was, once again, Jared Davis, you're great at calling these scores. Just <laughs> off by a little bit. This puts the count at six correct predictions to four for me. Dan is now four and six. Um, but, slow. hey, it's just week one. Just week one, who's counting? Um, <laughs> anyways, so what I saw from, just do a quick a little overview, because I'm pretty sure everyone paid attention to this one. I was really impressed with Jared Cook. Um, he had some great catches there. Uh, Tom Brady, man, he knows, like, if you watch the post-game interview, he knew he, he kind of screwed up. He had two two interceptions, and, um, you know, when you t- like we just talked about with Rivers, he kind of lost him that game. Um, or he was definitely part of that. 
And the other thing is I didn't, I saw like moments where it's like, Oh, Brady, beautiful pass right in the bread basket. Um, and then I saw moments of like, Oh God, he's not doing anything. He's like going to get sacked or, you know, what, what's going on here? This isn't the Brady we're used to seeing. So I think that is mostly week one and just uh, being on a new team, getting the new offense down and kind of clicking with the guys. They also were missing Mike Evans, right? Well, he, he played, but he still, he was in, he wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah. He was not, 100%. he's dealing with that hamstring injury. Um, so I like to see him get healthy and make sure the whole team and give this team like week four, then when they get that offense cl- clicking by then, uh, it'll be, I think, a night and day difference from what we saw on Sunday. That Saints defense did look pretty fresh, looked pretty uh, energetic, a lot of energy. Um, and and so I see the Saints being like the Seahawks. One of those week one right away, you see, you watch them play, and you're like, this team's going to playoffs, and they might go pretty deep. So what do you think, Dan? Yeah. Um, obviously I predicted the, the Tampa Bay kind of went out on a limb. Um, New Orleans was favored. They were playing at home, even though there's no fans. Um, so not as big of an advantage as normal, but same thing as Ravens and, and chiefs, right? Um, brought everyone back, same coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. Like those teams all looked great week one. Um, I would, I honestly, was not that impressed with Drew Brees, to be quite frank. He was missing. He had that one great pass to Jared Cook on the left sideline. That was a beauty. But other than that, um, didn't look impressive to me, to, to be honest. Um, he was 16 for 30. That's not great. Kamara was, was really solid. And then another thing, you know, they only won by nine points. Um, the final score was 34 to 25. And they were plus three in the turnover department. They blocked a field goal. They had amazing field position every time. They should have won this game by 17 to 21 points, in my opinion, um, based on those, those other factors. But, hey, they won. That's all that matters, right? Tampa Bay, it was week one. You know, obviously, I was very bullish on, on Brady and, and the Buccaneers coming out and, and just showing everyone and shocking the world week one. Just didn't happen. They they need time to gel. There was that clear miscue. I, I personally always put it on both the quarterback and the wide receiver. That one where he threw the Mike Evans. He thought Mike Evans right. was going to continue up the seam. Mike Evans stopped. That's on both. That's a chemistry thing. That'll be worked out. The pass I didn't like, Brady did not throw that outside enough. Um, it was the cor- the corner route. On the right sideline, that was that was all on Brady. That was just a bad Are you pass. About the pick six, yeah, the pick six. That was just a bad pass on Brady. Um, he did not throw that like his normal self, where he throws it to where only his wide receiver should be getting that ball. So that was on him. Um, and just overall, this you know, it's going to take. But time those to, things will come. They'll right, come those with, things uh, will come week to week. I'm not I too agree. worried. I, I still think this if is. You're a Bucks play. fan. You, you're okay. Yeah, this, this is a playoff team. Worried. You know, this game's going to look a lot different week 11 when they play each other again. So, all right, wrapped a bow on that. Let's talk about Arizona and San Fran. This was another shocker to, to, to me. At least I, I, I was very shocked. Um, obviously happy for, for your Kyler Murray and, and Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. They, uh, team. They, they won. Cardinals won this game 24 to 20, which pretty shocking as well, considering the 49ers won the turnover battle. So this is one of two games this weekend uh, that happened so far where the team that won the turnover battle lost uh, the game. Um, 49ers were horrific on third down and fourth. They were two for 11 on third down and then 0 for 2 on fourth. That's not going to cut it against anyone. (laughs) You cannot be that bad. In the third down department. Really hard to win games when you only convert two third downs. Oh, terrible. Um, George Kittle went out, not for long. It was only about a quarter. He played the entire second half. Um, Yeah, but I don't think he was 100%. Probably not. He's getting x-rays and and obviously getting that checked out this week. So we'll really see 
um, from their injury report, like how bad it was and, and if it really did affect them. It probably did, right, to be fair. Uh, you know, no one's uh, God. You can't just heal yourself by uh, waving your hand over your leg. Um, and then another one for me, I, I really thought this game came down to two things. Obviously, the third down ratio and then uh, three things I would say total. Arizona got great pressure. They had three sacks, five quarterback hits. That was fantastic. A lot more than I expected against a 49ers team that has a solid O-line. Um, and, you know, Jimmy Grapple is a solid quarterback. And then the other factor for me here is Arizona already has the better quarterback. His second year in, Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo, and the yep. better quarterback won the game. Jared, what told were your you. thoughts? All right, my thoughts are I told you so. Um, so I, I did predict the 49ers to win this one. I was wrong there. But as I will consistently remind the audience, our listeners, throughout the season, I told you this is a playoff potential, playoff caliber Cardinals team. And I had no idea they were going to be this good out of the gates. Um, DeAndre Hopkins seems to fit in real well. He had 16 targets with 14 receptions and 151 yards. Great day in the office for DeAndre. Um, Kyler Murray, like you said, already a better quarterback than Garoppolo. That's going to speak volumes for that Cardinals team when they play the 49ers. And the other thing I would like to mention is um, the one – thing that caught my eye was Raheem Mostert did have a pretty good game and he's not like a top five running back but that was one of the ones I mentioned last week Dan and when we were going through like a couple fantasy players where should you start him or sit him and I believe you said sit him I said start him because you went with the other um oh what was his name you went with the other running back that was Ronald Jones with the Bucks. Yep. Right. You said to start him and sit roast uh, Mostert. So I I think uh, I, I think you probably could have gotten away with starting Ronald Jones. I don't think he had that great of a game. Nah, he wasn't great. But Mostert, man, he uh, just looking at our league's fantasy, he was in the top twenty of all the players, including quarterbacks, receivers, everybody. So he he balled out. Just to back up my take here, he had. Um, 15 rushes for 56 yards. But on top of that, he had a couple of receptions and I believe a touchdown. Yeah, he did. It was like a long touchdown, if I remember. So they were, they were working him into the uh, – um, yeah, he had 95 yards uh, receiving four catches and a touchdown. So they were working him a lot out of the backfield and even doing some screen passes and things. So – I liked what I saw from a fantasy point on the 49ers uh, with, with Raheem Mostert. Um, but that's, that's about all I got for that one. You want to move on to the last game of the afternoon? Yeah. Yeah. This one will be quick. Um, Cincinnati Bengals played the chargers, the Los Angeles chargers chargers won 16, 13. Um, I believe I, I know I called the Bengals winning. I was wrong. You're right with the chargers. We were both right in the fact that I'm pretty sure we both said this would be low scoring. Um, so if you hit the under here, there's a, I imagine you probably won that bet. Um, Chargers D looked great. Three sacks, six QB hits, seven tackles for losses. But overall, I mean, not shocking to what I had talked about overall. Tyrod Taylor didn't do anything that jumped off the page. He didn't lose the Chargers of the game. But guess what? When they start playing the Chiefs, the Raiders, all these other teams that are actually good, they're, they're going to need Tyrod Taylor to make plays they're in order gonna, to win. They're going to get killed. Yeah. Um, I thought Burrow looked solid from the highlights. He, he played a solid game. He was 23 of 36, about 200 yards. Um, I know he had a pick, but he is a rookie to be expected. So, so did you see that last play of the game? Yeah, I saw. So, like, the A.J. Green push off. Yeah, there was Which, a couple push-offs. Um, I, th- I thought it was the late. right call. It I, was. I, I personally thought that was the right call. And then that poor kicker. I mean, just classic Cincinnati Bengals, man. Like, Terrace's calf, mid-kick, and then misses it. That would have tied it and sent it to overtime. Um, you just feel bad for that organization sometimes. <laughs> it really it, – it's 
it's hard to watch because um, you want Joe Burrow to do well. He's, you know, like this freshman that's kind of starstruck and, and has some flashy moments. And, um, but man, the, the state of Ohio, a uh, rough week for their NFL teams. 100%. We can go ahead and just. Yeah, I don't have much to add yeah, on that one. Nah. The, Pretty the, boring the, game. The score, though, is I had seven correct, five incorrect. Dan, you're four and eight. Yeah, so let's see if rough. you can let's see if you can pick it up here. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure I got these next two right. Um, so we both had the we Rams. We both had the Rams, right? Yep. So we both had the Rams. Final score of that game was twenty to seventeen. This is the second game of the weekend uh, where the team that won the turnover battle lost. Dallas won the turnover battle at plus one. But some key differentiators here for why the Cowboys lost this game. Rams had the ball for 36 minutes. Um, so six more minutes than the Cowboys. The Rams on third down, 9 of 17, over 50%. So they're keeping the ball. They're moving the chains. Uh, Cowboys, on the other hand, much like the 49ers, terrible. 3 of 12, and then 1 of 3 on fourth down. That's just not going to cut it against a well-coached, good, talented team in the Los Angeles Rams. And you saw the opportunity they had when they could the Cowboys could have kicked the field goal, but instead right. McCarthy decides to go for it on fourth and three. Yep. I and I, I got out of my chair and I'm like, what what are you guys doing? This I, is just tie the game. I hated the call. To me, on the third down play, they should have went for the end zone and then kicked the field goal. I personally like that play better than I do understand his logic of like he clearly when calling that third down play was like, we're going for it on fourth, right? Cause they called a run to get it closer, hoping they could probably get it to like fourth and one or fourth and two, and then just wanted to give it to Zeke again. Unfortunately it was fourth and three and the play call was, you know, a little rough. It was, you know, a pass. And then basically uh, I think it was CD lamb. I, was it CD lamb who caught it or was it Cooper? who caught the uh, going across the field and then that safety. Came it was CD lamb and he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't, uh, if it was like a rookie mistake, right? He ran the route wrong. He should have been one yard further up the field. Right. So he got the first down. Yep. Um, we want so to that, talk about that, he didn't uh, know where it was on the field. I do want one message to Cowboys nation. You guys are getting, cause I live here in Dallas and I listen to sports radio and you are getting pumped constant, you know, one take on the fan was that the Cowboys are going to win by 20, 30 points. Good and Lord. I'm like, are you guys crazy? You got to you gotta get out of that media bubble and listen to a non-biased podcast, which we have for you here, where we can tell you where we both, both podcast hosts predicted the outcome of this game. And we told you that the Rams were going to win and it was going to be close. I had the Rams winning by three, 27 to 24. It was 20 to 17. So, you know, pretty much the same result. Um, but, you know, we're, we're unbiased here. and We're able to tell you a lot closer of what's going to happen to some of these games than some hyped-up fanboy who gets excited when the words Ezekiel and Prescott <laughs> are mentioned in the same sentence. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. Like, look, you, they just need to tailor the expectations down a bit, just a bit. You have a solid team, but you're not you're not the Saints. You're not the Seahawks, all right? Just just calm it down. You got a new coach. You got a whole new coaching Let, staff. It's gotta take time to click. We exactly. just like with the Buccaneers. This doesn't happen overnight, and it doesn't happen over a season where there was no preseason games and uh you know, where teammates were meeting over Zoom. <laughs> it's gonna be tough and it it'll come. It's just gonna, you know, week four. Week five, that's when I think these offenses will start clicking that are that do have a new quarterback or a new head coach or a new offensive coordinator. If you wait till week five, then those teams will have had enough time on the field to start getting in sync with each other. And that's huge. Yep. And I will say, like, look, let's talk about the one of the last plays of the game. It should have not been pass interference. But, look – there's 60 minutes of gameplay, all right? 
I don't want to hear that that cost you the game. You had plenty of plays, plenty of opportunities to win the game, not to mention if you want to play that card of that shouldn't have been a PI call. Well, guess what? One of your D linemen basically ripped off Jared Goff's head and there wasn't a flag there. So, look, calls get missed, calls even out over the case of over the overtime. Relax. It was one game. Cowboy Nation, you'll bounce back. You play the Giants and the Washington football team two times each this year. You have plenty of win- winnable games coming your way. Agreed. Speaking of those New York football Giants, they just played. They played the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost, not shockingly. We both predicted Pittsburgh, right? I know I had Pitt. Yeah, I had Steelers winning 30-27. to 27. Yep. Uh, so you had the Giants technically covering, which they did not. Um, yeah, Pitt won 26-16, so they won by 10. Steelers won the turnover battle. The things that stuck out to me here was Steelers defense picking right back where they left off. They had two interceptions, three sacks, eight quarterback hits. Danny Dimes was running for his life out there um, as the Giants quarterback. But the Steelers, you know, first half didn't look great. Did not look great either. The Giants' defense was playing real well. They were getting after Big Ben, uh, but the Steelers really turned it up the second half. We're clicking a lot better. Um, and honestly, I thought the running back that came in for uh, James Conner looked a lot better, had a, had a pep in his step that James Conner just didn't, and that really made him go. Plus, Big Ben was really hitting his stride with Juju uh, Smith Huster. Jared, what'd you think? So I got a couple questions. Um, and you'll you'll probably know the answer to these, but I've I got a lot going on today, so I kind of missed parts most of that game. But I saw they were running another running back uh more often than James Connor, because I have him in one of the leagues I'm in. Um, but I'm also seeing with the game that's going on, the Broncos, um they were running a lot of uh, Philip Lindsay. And so I'm kind of worried. Does Melvin Gordon owners and James Connor or uh, James Connor owners have something to worry about there? I, I think for James Connor, you do. Um, I understand he went out, but when he was in there, he had six carries for nine yards looked not great versus the Benny Snell Jr. guy who came in. 19 carries. Yeah. yeah, 19 carries, 113 yards, an average of six yards a carry. I mean, he completely changed the offense. I mean, they could actually run the ball, had the pep in their step. I, it was a completely different team in the second half with Snell playing and not Connor due to the injury. I, I think there is case to worry here. That guy showed it on the tape. Whereas Connor did not look great, and maybe he was injured the entire time and just decided to like play through it. But I, I would be worried if I was a James Connor uh, owner, which I am. So I am worried. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I uh, I kind of think that game went kind of as I expected. Uh, Pittsburgh came away with the win. They they won a lot more uh, or won by a lot more than I thought they would. Um, would have liked to see a little more out of Saquon Barkley. Um, I would have liked to see a little more just out of the, the Giants offense as a whole. I think that they will be good in time, but this is going to be a rough year for the Giants. In my opinion, this is going to be a long year. Yeah. Yeah. No, they uh, they need a couple more good drafts, a couple couple of talented players, um, in order to really really gel and make this thing go. So we both got that one right. Yep, with the Steelers. Correct. Now, we we differed here, if I remember correctly. The game that's being played now, it's tied at halftime. Denver against Tennessee. Um, it is seven to seven. Some main takeaways here: Denver had it second and goal at the one and a half yard line. Um, 
and they did not score a touchdown. They went for it on fourth and didn't get it in. And then for Tennessee, from what I've been seeing, they've missed two field goals so far, both of them under 50 yep. yards. I think they're both in Saw the mid-40 range. So not like – I mean, technically those should be gimmies for an NFL kicker, but – Yeah, but that would put them up, you know, They'd be six up six points. points. Yeah, it'd be huge. thirteen to seven right now. But so right. it's seven to seven. Um, I personally, so far from what I've seen, I love the way Drew Locke has played. He hasn't thrown any bad passes regarding like, oh, that should have been picked. He's been in sync with all his wide receivers, so I've liked that. I think Tannehill and Derrick Henry have both looked good. Um, really it's just been those two missed field goals uh for the Titans that have set them back. And then for Denver, you know, same thing as well. They had a missed opportunity where they could have scored a touchdown but couldn't punch it in from one yard out. Yeah, and, and for those fantasy stats at home, the Noah Font with – or Fant, I don't know how to say his name, uh, with five receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Melvin Gordon does have six carries for 30 yards, but I'd like to see more carries there. Uh, and Tannehill does have a passing touchdown. Um, so, but there's a lot of football left in that game. I, uh, right now I have 10 games that I got right this week with five incorrect. I'm like terrible, right? What do I have? Five games? Correct. You're seven and eight. Oh, okay. So seven and eight. So you can be, I you can go, go 500, maybe you can Let's, go 500. I need Drew Locke in my sleeper MVP pick to, to come out. Titans are going to win this one. I'll go 11 and five. Well, there's a whole Beautiful. second half and Drew Locke. Hey, you got to give me this. Let me, Drew Locke's stats right now. He's 14 of 17, 142 yards and a touchdown with a QB rating of 121. Not that's, bad. That's pretty darn good. Not bad, but it's not, uh, it's not a day at the office like Rogers had or. Oh, true. Let's, I'm not getting. Russell Wilson. You know, I'm not getting crazy. All right. But, but uh, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Something to build on. Exactly. So that's, that is uh, all the games. Um, obviously, going forward on, on these uh, Monday nights, we'll be able to assess um, the just one game. Uh, obviously, with it being two, it's, it's a little difficult to wait till uh, midnight to 1 a.m. to start recording uh, to see the outcome of that game. But let's transition into a little bit of fantasy. So I'll start first, uh, Jared, and, and then I know you got some some picks uh, and advice for me. I'm going to give you all some players that probably are available who played really well this week that you can pick up. And the four that stood out to me were number one being Malcolm Brown, Rams running back, had 18 carries, just shy of 100 yards, I believe, was the featured back, had two touchdowns, if he's available on your waiver wire still, pick him up. And if you have him and you didn't start him, put him in the lineup. Number two, Robbie Anderson, Carolina wide receiver. Eight targets, six catches, over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. He looks to be the right-hand man and the number one option for Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so if he's the same thing here, available, pick him up. And then uh, if you have him already, he's just on your bench, you know, look at your flex options. And depending on the defense that uh, Carolina is playing, he, he might deserve your starting, starting spot. Number three, Jameson Crowder, Jets wide receiver. What I loved here was 13 targets from Sam Darnold. Love to see that. I love double-digit targets uh, for the guys in my starting lineup. He had seven catches, over 115 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Pick him up, start him in your flex. And then the final one being, it looks like Carson Wentz has maybe a new favorite tight end. It is not named Zach Ertz. Dallas go dirt. Philly tight end. Nine targets, so just shy of, of double digits there. Eight catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown. Um, so I at least say, you know, probably pick him up, depending on your tight end situation and see what the next uh, one to two weeks look like and if there's a trend there. Yeah, Goddard's been pretty good. Um, I will say with the Mal Malcolm Brown, the Rams were running three by committee. And 
Brown did have 18 touches, which is more than you would expect for a three running back committee. But when I was watching that game, they were splitting the ball up pretty equally amongst the three of them. And it just seemed that Brown did have the best day uh, and the fantasy points back that up. But I don't know if it, if next week's going to be the same and they split it up equally amongst all three backs, then I'm hesitant on whether or not I'd start Malcolm Brown, but everything else you said, I agree with. I think those are great pickups. So I have a couple uh, or three players that I'm just going to, they just had a great day. Um, And they were, you know, maybe if you have them on your team, it's just going to feel good to hear. Devontae Adams, Green Bay wide receiver, ate up most of the yards that Rodgers was throwing. And and I think he's candidate number one for, for a great week at the office. 17 targets, 14 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Love to see it. Another guy is my boy Calvin Ridley, who, by the way, both these wideouts I recommended in the fantasy um, section or the episode we did on drafting for your fantasy teams. Um, Calvin Ridley just came out. I said this guy was going to have a blowout year. Man, he he came out, killed it, had a, what was it, around 150 yards. So 12 targets, nine receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns as well. And finally, wrapping it up, Josh Jacobs with the Las Vegas Raiders. He running back, dominated 25 rushes for 93 yards and three TDs. Love to see it. So those were, those were my three uh, all-stars for week one. Um, do we want to move on to the uh, betting portion? Let's do it. I got a little, uh, little special here. A little uh, might recognize what this movie's from. You know, betting can go up or down. And to me, show me the money! A little Jerry Maguire for you there. Might have hurt your, uh, your earbuds. But we both knocked it out of the park with our Survivor League pick, Jared. We did. Look at us. Cheers to us. You're welcome, by the way, world. Yeah, so we both picked the Bills, right? We move on. We move on another week. Move on. We'll, uh, on uh, Wednesday night when we record, you'll, you'll hear it Thursday morning. We'll have our week two. Um, so if you want to continue surviving, if you're in your Survivor League, you should probably follow our advice. And if you're in my league, you're not allowed to follow my picks. Yeah, yeah, fade us. Please fade us. <laughs> I want to I wanna win money. I'm just kidding. Jared, what was your... How about the uh, lock of the yeah, week? Yeah, the lock of the week. How'd your lock of the week turn out? Oh, man, this is... Uh, my lock of the week was so bad. It wasn't a lock? It, because it was just... It, was, it wasn't a bad pick. It was just... It really hurt to watch it go down the way it did. Right. I had the Panthers plus three against the Raiders, and they lost by four. Right. So it's, you know, Vegas was right and they were close. Um, so you win some, you lose some. I'm going to take a big fat L for week one on the lock of the week, but keep those pennies stashed because week two's around the corner and we'll get that money back. Now, if you followed me, you want your lock of the week because my lock of the week coincided with my Survivor League pick which was the Bills covering the six and a half point spread, which they did easily. And it felt great to watch. Let me tell you. Snoozer. Oh, it was a snoozer. I enjoyed every minute of it. Maybe it was great to watch, but no one wanted to watch that game. Correct. No one wanted to watch the game except uh, if you had money on it, like, like myself. But uh, and it especially made me happy, mainly because the Lions broke my heart um, and the Eagles broke my heart. And the Eagles broke my heart, relying, uh, relaying to our parlays of the week. Both my parlays that I saw on this podcast did not hit for a multitude of reasons. Eagles <laughs> being number one because I had them in both my parlays. Uh, Miami, unbelievable. Like Fitzpatrick, if you're going to turn the ball over three times, could you at least get me a backdoor cover where the Patriots aren't playing defense the last two minutes of a game? Thanks, man. That would have been cool. Not like it would have mattered because the Eagles, you know, messed up anyway, but still it's just more of a I wanted to be right situation type of thing. And then the Lions also messed up 
uh, where I was wrong in, in, in the parlay where another close the, one. Yeah. Another close, I like unbelievable, man. Like we had it in the bag. We're up 23 to six going into the fourth against Mitch Trubisky. The dude was terrible last season. The bears didn't even want him as a starting quarterback. And yet they scored 21 unanswered. Matthew Stafford threads the needle. We got a chance to push. And no, the rookie running back drops it in the end zone, which, hey, like you said, he was a rookie. But, yeah, both my parlays were terrible. Uh, Lions, I'm never trusting you again. Fitzpatrick, you need to turn it around to Fitzmagic. What happened to his just week one? No, no, Lions, I don't care. Lions, (laughs) I'm done. I'm done. I'm sweeping declaration. I am never betting the Lions to cover a spread. Whatever. For the rest of the year. That's good to know. All the Lions fans that got you covered, I'll probably bet on them at some point. Um, my parlay was pretty rough. Uh, I had the Vikings money line. That was toast. New Orleans Saints money line. Easy, easy. win there. Yeah, snoozer. Uh, but here we go again. Falcons plus two. Yikes. Woo! Way off. And then... My fourth, which I should have just made my lock of the week, Washington football team plus six. We got yeah, that one. That was that was sitting <laughs> real pretty for you. So I went two for two on a parlay, which is brutal. We're a bad week in the office, but you know what? It's week one, and this year was so hard to predict, and I think we did a really good job predicting some of these games. I got 11 of them right once I mean, the Titans win. Um, if so. <laughs> if they win, I get 11, right? But I mean, either way, you got 10 right so far. Yeah, that's, that's uh, impressive. Ten, 10's good. 10's a good number. And, uh, you know, I think we're doing a good enough job that we'll keep this podcast going for week two. What do you say, Dan? I agree. You know what? I, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling positive, even though none of our parlays hit. We're going to come back week two stronger than ever. I'm not defeated over here. You know, I'm not sitting licking my wounds. We're going to get back on that horse. We're going to bet some more money, and we're going to win our parlays this time. So and we, we appreciate the three listeners that made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll see you Thursday morning. Hey, man. Hey, man.